Everyone said. Keep on telling y'all every week, you just come to hear me talk, but it's not about me. <laughs> Please don't come here on Sundays expecting a, a, a fantastic sermon all the time. It's not about me. What you experienced just now was the Holy Spirit. It was a move of the Holy Spirit. I know this ain't scheduled and polished as other churches that you've been to, but that's not what the Lord called us to. Jesus said at the well, he's like, it's not going to be at this well. I'm looking for worshipers who are worshiping spirit and in truth. That's who he's looking for. That's where he's going to show up. We make room for you, Lord God. We trust you, Lord God. Lord God, it's not by eloquent words. It's not by eloquent words that they will come to you, Lord God, but it is a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Could you bring those things up? I could preach fantastic sermons every single week. I could preach dynamic sermons every single week. We can have all kinds of beautiful lights and sounds on a building every single week, but if the Spirit doesn't show up, it's a performance. He doesn't want a performance. He says worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth. You think God cares about a time schedule? He's like, if you want me, you'll make the space. We'll make the space. Father, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you for this moment. We're going to make room for you, Lord God. We're going to make room with our words, with this time. And Lord God, Holy Spirit, you don't need this, but I'm going to tell you publicly, you have every right. If you decide to stop the preaching and just want us to worship it in song, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Because wherever you are, that's where I want to be. That's where we want to be. In Jesus' name. You guys are sitting right now. You are sitting in an eight-year cry of my heart. That's what you're sitting in. Eight years ago, on March 11th, I put on Facebook that for my birthday, all I wanted to do was preach. That's all I wanted to do eight years ago. And now, eight years later, I get to preach on my birthday. And I didn't take time off. I clocked in <laughs> because I just believe that God wanted to do something in the room, and he has done something. And so I want to take this moment and give it back to God because in the six years of allowing Tasha and I to lead Pioneer Church, this was a gift that only he maintained for the past six years. You see, God always gives gift that doesn't expire. He always gives a gift that he maintains. And so, Lord God, thank you for allowing Tasha and I to pastor such a people. 
I never imagined that you would see the cry of our heart past just preaching, but being able to pastor and shepherd people. Only you can give a gift and sustain it for this long. This year we ask for a greater move of your spirit, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge to help us steward your people. Give us that gift, Lord. We make room for you to do whatever you want to. Use us, Lord God, to, to listen and hear for this message. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Could, uh, ben, could you give me that seat? Now that I'm getting old, <laughs> now that I'm getting old, right, everyone keeps on asking me, you know, when you get older, thank you, everyone wants to ask you, what's your plan? What's your plan? Right? Every bank on your birthday, like, what's your plan for retirement? You know? Like, how do you plan to get old? Do you want to get old and just whatever and be financially secure? And what's your plan for when you die? And what's your plan for your kids? They're always approach you with something depressing, you know? Like, if you were to pass, I'm not saying you are, not saying you are, but if you were to pass tomorrow, do you have a plan? And I'm like, bruh, what if I live tomorrow? <laughs> like, you know, if you did, I, do you have a plan? And everyone wants to sell you a strategy. Everyone wants to sell you a strategy. They always ask, what's your strategy for this? What's your strategy to say, like, you know, for your kids in the future? What's your, and if I'm honest, right, some of us, you're like, I don't even know my strategy for, like, walking in Kroger. Like, I just walk until the spirit moves, and you're like, you need that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, I need that. You know, and so there are some areas in my life I do have a strategy, thank God, in the name of Jesus. But you have to understand there is strategy, and then there's kingdom strategy. And I'm going to tell you what kingdom strategy is, but this is what the dictionary defines strategy. Strategy is defined as a plan, a method, or series of maneuvers for obtaining a specific goal or result. Strategies are said to define and drive idea or ideals, and it helps to define what success looks like. Every business has a strategy. Everyone has, the government has a strategy, healthcare has a strategy, education has a strategy. As a parent, you try your best to run a strategy. There is no strategy for parenting, by the way. It's just like sur survive and be, be good to them, you know? That's really it. That's really it. Everyone has a strategy. Strategy organizes steps and has for a specific outcome. Strategy is good. It's good. Anyone ever go and sit with someone with like, What's your five to ten year strategy? Anyone ever meet the people who have like five to ten year strategy mapped out? And I'm like, that's so dope. I'm glad you have the time to do that. I'm jealous of you. I wish I had the same exact time, but like, like that's fantastic. Strategy, strategy is very good. It's good to have a plan. I don't think it's wrong. There is a kingdom strategy. There's a kingdom strategy. And if you think your strategy is good, or you've met someone who has like a whole PowerPoint presentation of their strategy and mapped it out, if you think that's good, let me tell you the kingdom strategy. Here, I wrote it down. You guys want to know what the kingdom strategy is? Great. All four people want to know the kingdom strategy. All right. The kingdom strategy, this is the strategy that Jesus wrote out. This is the strategy Jesus said. This is a strategy from God. The kingdom strategy, 
write this down. It's, it's a little bit of a lengthier one. The kingdom strategy is the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's it. Do you think, why do you think Jesus died? His whole reason for living and dying was to get the Holy Spirit back into man. Because Jesus knows that in the Holy Spirit, we have the strategy of the kingdom. We have all that we need in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. That's the strategy. That's it. Some of us were like, well, pastor, like you built this up as if it's a detailed thing. No, it's not. It's just walking with the Holy Spirit. You want to know the strategy for your life? Stay close and walk in the Holy Spirit. The only way to execute kingdom strategy is through obedience. Is through obedience. Some of us are like, well, what's step A? What's step B? What's step C? Walk with the Holy Spirit and do what he tells you to do. That's all there is to it. If I were to never even finish the rest of this sermon, you can walk out of here knowing, A, I need the Holy Spirit. B, I need to do what he tells me to do. Some of us want a detailed strategy from God of like, all right, God, what's your strategy for, for people? The Holy Spirit. Okay, God, what's your strategy for the church? The Holy Spirit. Okay, you gave me that answer. What's your strategy for parenting? The Holy Spirit. Okay, that's not original. You see, what I find, though, as believers is that we want God to give us a different answer because we don't see the Holy Spirit as enough as a strategy. Give me another answer because that answer is okay, but I need you to give me something mapped out. And he goes, just live by my spirit. But there's got to be more. He's like, that's it. That's it. That's all there is. Saints, if you live by the Spirit and obey what he tells you to do, you have a strategy for your life. Why do you think we have so many churches that are overprogrammed and overly sensory stimulated? It's because somewhere along the line, as believers, we're like, Holy Spirit, you are not enough, so we need lights and sounds and all these other things to make it okay for me to go to church. I know, I know. You're like, Pastor, you're not kind. Think about it. Why do you think churches have like 45 different things throughout the week? We have so many other things to do than wanting to stay in the presence of God. Even in worship, some of y'all are like, are we going to be done singing? When can I hear you preach? It's not about hearing me preach. It's all about experiencing and encountering Jesus. Because I could say all these words that sound really, really good and could make you feel good and you'll walk out encouraged, but only the Spirit can save you and mold you and transform you into the image of Jesus. So much so that you're like, you know what? I can't, Pastor, what you said was good, but what he's saying to me has changed my life. Holy Spirit and obedience. I'm not knocking churches who have all those things, but I also understand there's got to be a point where we're like, you know what? We've came up with so many programs. We've come up with so many um, church experiences. Why don't we just wait in the spirit of God? Why don't we just wait until he talks to one of us? Because when he talks to one of us, I can no longer be the same. This is better as one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Guess what? The same dad that never, the same dad or parent who never told me he loved me, I heard God tell me he loved me today. And that changed my entire life. He 
He's enough. He's enough. You just listen to him. Be obedient to him. Jesus said it in John 14. He said, if you love me, obey my commands. If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. You can change advocate to Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world could not receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. He says it right here in scripture. The world cannot accept him. Why do you think every four to eight years we have a change in strategy? Because it can't recognize him, nor does it see him. The world cannot see the Holy Spirit as a good strategist, so we make our own rules. And we make our own standards. Every 48 year, four to eight years, we look for another president, another government, another strategy to change the world, and yet nothing's ever changing. But yet here we are as believers with the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us. He goes, if you let me create the strategy for your life, it doesn't matter what strategy they have in the government. When I govern your life, I will lead you into truth. I will lead you to prosper. Guess what? It's going to hurt sometimes and you will suffer sometimes. But I created you the head and not the tail. You're an overcomer when you follow my strategy. Some of y'all get your feathers a little bit too ruffled. When the government changes something or they enact a new law, I can't. Peace. See, peace I have is when I say, Holy Spirit, I don't care what laws they've made. You built a strategy for my life. You have me to overcome. So yes, they may create laws that either you're for or you're against, but those who walk in the presence of the Almighty and are obedient to his words have no fear. Because my identity is not found in the laws that they create. My identity and my future is found in the man who created it. The world cannot receive him. It says, but you know, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be with you. I don't have an organizational chart of how to grow a church. I don't have an organizational chart of the kingdom. The only thing I know is to know God and know him intimately. To walk with the spirit intimately. Churches do not die because of a lack of finance or a lack of vision. They die because we're not sensitive and we're not obedient to what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do. Do you think they die because there's no money? No. You think they, they die because there's a lack of vision? No. They die because the Holy Spirit's saying, I want to lead you this way. And we're like, no, that doesn't get enough people for us. When we become a church, when we are a church of people who are obedient to the Spirit in word and in deed, a church can never die. We're six years old. There have been people who I know who are all about church statistics, and they would look at this as a small church and be like, how do you guys keep on going? Because we are full of the Spirit. How do you guys keep on making it? We're full of the Holy Spirit. 
We're, we're not obedient to a clock that tells us when to end. We're obedient to the spirit that shows us how to live. We're obedient to the spirit. We don't, listen, we don't have a time clock of when to end worship, if you've noticed or not. There's no, yeah, there's a clock back there, but there ain't no countdown. There's no countdown. We're obedient to the Spirit. If the Spirit says, hey, we're going to hang out in this place of worship a little bit longer, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Online people, same for you. If you're like, oh, well, you know, I got to go, then you got to go. It's okay. It's okay. But we're obedient to the Holy Spirit in all that we do here, to the rhythms. We have so, I mean... family you guys have been we have so many overprogrammed and overly sensor, sensory stimulating churches they're 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 by the tenfold and i'm not knocking what they're doing i'm not knocking what they're doing but there are times when i'm i wonder if the holy spirit goes hey just pull all that stuff back for a minute i don't want you to experience me in all the lights and all the sounds and the noise and and all the i want you to, i just want you to experience me in the silence that's why we talk about formational practices. What are the things? How are we getting, how are we practicing presence with the Lord and saying, Lord, I just want to be with you. I want to be where you are. I want to be aware of your presence. There are some of us in the room right now who have no strategy and no plan for our life because we've decided to walk without the Holy Spirit. So you're just drifting in the wind. Hopefully something good will happen to me. Hopefully this bad thing will go away. But yet when I walk with the Spirit, he's always leading me intentionally. To not, to ha- not have a strategy in yourself doesn't make you lost, doesn't make you a lost person. It's to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to walk with you. And wherever you lead me, I'm going to go. And whatever step you put before me, I'm going to take a step. And I'm going to have to take steps of faith. And that's okay. But I know in you there's a strategy. I know none of my footsteps are wasted in you. I don't have to backtrack. I just got to walk with you. You have planned out all of my steps. You have planned out my tomorrows. And you have healed me of my yesterdays. You see, obedience to the Holy Spirit is not sexy. It's not sexy. No one wants to hear about that. But I find that obedience to the Holy Spirit may not be sexy, but it sure is saving. It saved all of you and it saved me. And it saves me from going in directions and going into plans I don't need to go in. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, you can stand wherever you are and say, you know what? It doesn't look like I'm going where you're going, but that's okay. I know this God has planned out all of my days, so I don't have to be worried about where I'm going next. Look at the Old Testament. If you've read any of the Bible, any of the Old Testament, you've heard about David. Did David have a strategy with fighting Goliath? No. Matter of fact, Saul tried to give David his strategy. Put on all this armor and go out and fight him. And David took it off. He's like, that's not, that's your strategy. That's not the Lord's. He walked up to Goliath with five stones and a slingshot. Some of us feel that way right now. Someone asks us, what's your strategy? All I got is to be faithful to what God has called me to. I got to be faithful to this job. I got to be faithful to these kids. I'm going to be faithful to my spouse. And that's all I got. These are my five smooth stones, but I'm going to slay a Goliath with it. 
anything in the Old Testament, they were not successful because of their strategy. They were successful because they walked with God. Even the times of Israel, when they fell and fell short, they said, God, we need someone to lead us. He goes, I'm going to send a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. What a strategy. You will never get lost. I'm going to be right in front of you each and every time. God, we're hungry. We haven't eaten meat. You could tell they're a southern. We haven't eaten meat in weeks, in days. They're from the south. God, what are you going to do? I'm going to sing quail. So much quail that you're not going to know what to do with it. God, we need to eat food. We're starving. I'm going to send manna from heaven. All the bakery in heaven is doing overtime. And they're sending out manna from heaven. Gideon was threshing wine, was threshing wheat in a wine press because he was scared to go and fight the army. So what does God do? He does this crazy thing. He goes, Gideon, you're going to fight with 300 men. But God, they got like 10, 20,000. I know, you're going to fight with 300. They were not successful because they had good plans and good strategy. They were successful because they trust the Lord. What does it say? Man makes plan and God laughs. God thinks we're all comedians. He's like, you guys are so funny. That's a good plan. That's why I've learned how to write my plans in pencil. Because I say, Lord, I'm going to make room for you to erase what you want to erase and draw things that you want to draw. I'm going to make room for you in my family and in my finances and in my time. Some of us have, we've created an idol out of being busy. And God is like, if you will create room for me, you don't have to be subjugated to this, this, this idol, this idolatry of busyness. I always got to be busy. I always got to be doing something. I always got to be doing something. Uh, I'm always busy. I'm always busy. And God is like, will you trust me? I believe that the reason why there's so many self-help books and self-help speakers and seminars and podcasts is because we would rather have someone tell us what we should do instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us to what what he's doing. You know how wild it would be? All these guys, even though they're well-intentioned and they have a good intention, they would lose so much money. If we were like, man, your plan is good, but I've just been walking with the Holy Spirit, and he told me to do it this way. Man, it's good. I'm glad that you spoke. Great. I'm trying to help myself, but it's not working. But I've submitted myself to the Holy Spirit, and he's working things out I have yet to understand. They're well-intentioned people. But you know what happens is that someone, the Holy Spirit may inspire someone to do something this way, and then what do we do in our own in our own strength? We take it, we make a plan out of it, and then we sell it. Well, this brought me success, so if you buy this, I can coach you in bringing you success. And then they sell it to people, and the people run it, and it doesn't work. Why? Because the Holy Spirit did not give them a unique design for their life, and so they're trying to make a copy of what you did, and they're not finding success, so now they're mad at you. 
Why do you think in the Bible when Samson, it says that he was going to fight a thousand Philistines, it says he took the jawbone of a donkey and slayed a thousand men. And after that, it says he threw away the jawbone of a donkey. He killed a thousand guys with the jawbone of a donkey. And after he was done, threw away the jawbone. What happens if Samson would have kept the jawbone? He would have kept fighting Philistine men with a jawbone, and it wouldn't have worked. All of his people would have been like, if we're going to take over this army, we all need to get jawbones. And they all would have been slaughtered. Because the power was not in the jawbone, it was in the man. So many of us, we want to take a jawbone and go fight a battle that the Lord didn't call us to with that jawbone. Now, if he would have taken that jawbone and given it to them, it would have became tradition. Oh, it's tradition that we fight with jawbones. That's why everyone keeps dying. It's tradition. Some of your traditions are killing you right now. It's tradition we do it this way. That's why your family's dying. That's why your marriage is dying. It's tradition that we go and argue. It's tradition that we go and drink. It's tradition that we go and get high. That's why it's dying. That's why you're dying. But if you follow the strategy of the Holy Spirit, he will uniquely craft a strategy just for you to lead you into freedom. Now the battles that you were once fighting and you're like, why is this not working? You're like, oh, I understand how to fight this now. What happens when you make a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy? It starts getting lighter and lighter and you can't see the definition of the photo anymore because it's a copy of a copy of a copy. Listen, the Lord didn't call you to be a copy of a copy of a copy. He crafted you uniquely and divinely in his own hands and he has a plan and a purpose for you that's unique to you. So go ahead, be your original unique design because the plan he has for you is written out for you and for your skills and for your talents and for where you're at. You don't got to copy someone else's. You don't have to look like someone else. You don't have to pass down that tradition because it worked for you. God is so good, he doesn't have to create the same thing twice. He's so creative, he doesn't have to create it twice. That's the beauty of walking with the Spirit and being obedient to him, is that the plan that he has for your life is not like anybody else's. And what we have, listen, I'm going to sound ignorant. This is going to make me sound ignorant. And if I, I, you know what, it is what it is. But this is why I've never bought in to a church growth strategy. I've never bought into church growth strategy. You know how many people are like, man, I got this church growth strategy. And I'm like, is it the Holy Spirit? No, I'm just, it's not good. It's not good. Obviously, I don't have a church growth strategy. Look, look at the room. You want to know what the pioneer church growth strategy is? Let them encounter Jesus. Let them encounter Jesus. Once you encounter Jesus, once you get in his presence, once he does something in your heart that no man could ever do, of course you're going to invite someone else because you're like, look at what Jesus did for me. It's not look what Pastor Jeremy did. It's not look what the singers did. It's not look what Jesus did for me. God is so creative. He leads people to himself in a mystery of different ways. That's why there are some people in your life where you're like, I don't know how they're going to meet Jesus. Somehow they're worshiping with you in church. And you're like, I can't believe you're here. There are some of you guys in the room right now. If you were to be honest, you'd look to your person and you're like, I can't believe you're here. 
You think that's, listen, I don't, we don't subscribe to that. We don't subscribe to church growth strategies. We subscribe to the Holy Spirit. We subscribe to obedience. I could tell you, and like many other church planters like me, not every church plant is the same. Just like every Christian ain't the same. All of us don't got the same story, but we're with the same person. Isn't that so creative of God that he's like, I, every strategy in him is different? Some of you guys are sitting here right now because God's strategy was so unique to your life that you're like, I couldn't deny it. I asked God to show, show up in my life, and he showed up right there. Look at that. Don't lust after being like someone else. Don't lust after that. Don't be like, oh, I got to do what they did and so I can get what they got. No. Some, some of y'all are doing what they're doing, and you're getting burnt out quicker than they did. You are so unique. Your story is so unique. The strategy God has for you is so unique. Walk in faithfulness. Walk in peace that your story don't look like nobody else's. And if anyone tries to judge you, you just say, you know what? That's your story. Amen. But that's not my story. I think that's why we get frustrated as Christians, honestly. Honestly, if we're going to be really honest with ourselves, that's why we get frustrated. We have so many burnt out believers because someone sold us the lie that their strategy is going to work in our life. But I did the six steps. I did the seven steps. I don't know why it's not changing. I, I, I did this. I badgered them. I brought them. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going now. You know what the faith will say? I don't know how this story ends, but he will never fail. He won't fail. He won't fail. I've been praying for this marriage. I've been praying for these kids. I've been praying for this job. I've been praying what God has me to do in retirement. And guess what? He won't fail. His strategy won't end until we meet face to face. That's what people try to do. That's why, listen, and, and again, I, I've met plenty of people. I've seen plenty of things online that have very attractive gro church growth strategies. They're so attractive because they look so illustrious. And you hear like, oh, yeah, I started doing this, and it brought 200 people to the church. Yeah, you can bring 200, 300 people to the church, but with no Holy Spirit, what do you got? What do you got? I'd rather keep our focus. This church would keep its focus on the Holy Spirit, and whoever comes, comes, and whoever doesn't, doesn't. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I can, I can live in peace. You think it bothers me that every chair is not full? No, every chair has potential. I can live in peace. I can lead in peace knowing that our story as a church don't look like nobody else's story. Because when God planted the flag in downtown Memphis, he's like, I got such a unique story for y'all. Would you make room? Do you, could you make room in your life? I don't know if we've ever prayed this. I don't even know if I've ever prayed this. But to say, God, I create room for you to do whatever uniquely you want to do in my life. And if it doesn't look like anybody else's, amen. That's scary. That's a scary prayer to pray. Usually when you pray that, he goes, he cracks his knuckles and leans back and be like, wait for me. Say less. You cannot build an effective strategy for your life without the Holy Spirit. You cannot build it. Without him, you can't build it. 
It'll never grow, and it'll never live past you. Do you know when legacy happens? When it lives past you. You want to leave the best legacy, the best thing I, Tasha and I could ever leave our children is not the amount of money that is or isn't in our account. It's not amount, the amount of possessions we have. The best thing that Tasha and I can leave our kids is the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Mom, Dad, I don't know what to do. You know what? We didn't either. But somehow we raised you. But what we can give you is the Holy Spirit. What we can tell you is that he led us in all that we did. And though it was hard times, he's still leading us. And though these were good times, he's still leading us. There are people who are wealthy who are leaving their kids X amount of dollars and so many things and so many strategies. And without the Holy Spirit, they don't know how to use it. They misuse it. Parents, I'm talking to you. Grandparents, I'm talking to you too. The greatest thing you can leave the following generation after you is not what is in their account. It is not your name. It is who you live for, who you submitted to. I want my grandkids to say of me like, yeah, grandma and grandpa Jeremy and Tasha, they had no money. They ain't left us a dime. Matter of fact, this guy was broke. He left me a T-shirt. But man, what I could tell you is that they prayed and they loved people and they served God. That's the best example that they ever left me. They never left me anything because they didn't have much. But what they did leave changed my entire life. It's, that's such a good strategy. That was Jesus' strategy. You think he left all the disciples the keys to the kingdom? No. You think he left them in money? No. You think he left them walking around with all this? No. He says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and then you'll have all that you need. That's what he says. Seek ye first the kingdom and all of its righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. You want to seek the kingdom? Seek out the Holy Spirit. Be obedient to what he's telling you to do. God's love language is obedience. He says, if you love me, obey what I told you to do. He said to them, we're going to turn to Luke because God gives instructions. If you go to Luke 24, 44 to 49, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. He then opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. In verse 45, he then opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. What that means is now this is post-death and resurrection and Jesus walking on the earth. And he comes with the disciples. He just shows up in the room with the disciples. And then he says everything must be fulfilled, and then he opens their mind to understand the scriptures. In verse 46, he tells them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city 
until you've been clothed with power from on high. He gave them specific instructions. The gospel of forgiveness. He told them the strategy. The gospel of forgiveness will be preached. It will be preached to all. Matter of fact, it's not going to be preached only to Jerusalem. It's going to be preached to all nations. Asia. It's going to be preached. I'm going to send people all over the world. Someone's got to get to America. Everything's going to be preached. The gospel will be preached. But before you go, stay in Jerusalem until you can receive the Holy Spirit. Stay in Jerusalem because I'm going to clothe you for this. Imagine now the disciples had just seen God. Jesus sitting amongst them. He just confronted Thomas for doubting and hating on him. He was like, you see hating Thomas? What up? I'm here. What's up? You know, he was like, here I am. He said, stay in Jerusalem though. I'm going to send you some power that's going to help you share this gospel. I believe that if they didn't stay in Jerusalem... If they didn't wait for the power, we wouldn't be sitting in this room right now. Because he told them the strategy. Gospel of forgiveness will be preached. Repentance will happen throughout all the land. It will happen. But you have to wait for me to send you the Holy Spirit. There are so many of us where we walk out of our home without the Holy Spirit. Without direction. Because we're like, God, I, could, I think I can do this. I got today. Anyone ever wake up and go, I got this, and then quickly realize when you get to work, I don't got this. How did this get here? This quickly got out of hand. You don't even got to get to work. You drive around Memphis, and you're like, I got this, and you drive down the street, I don't got this. I feel the same way with my kids. I wake up, I'm like, I got this parenting thing. I don't got it. But when I wake up in obedience and say, Lord, if you lead me today, I'm going to follow you. In all of your instruction and in all of your direction. Do you know that the Holy Spirit will lead you how to speak to someone who is unlovable? Do you know that the Lord that, that the Lord will lead you to give out of out of generosity to someone you're like, I don't want to give them to? I don't want to give them nothing. I always hear people say this in the secular world. The Bible was written by men. Just written by man. It's like, yes, it was. Inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was written by man. God used man to write this Bible. He's like, how could I ever believe the Bible? It's written by a man to serve their own stuff. This Bible was written by a man to serve their own need? This Bible tells me to not live like myself. This tells me to live and love my enemy. In my own flesh, I don't want to love my enemy. Barely do I want to say hello to my neighbor. But this Bible is telling me to don't live like myself, but live into the mercy and service of others. This Bible tells me to show grace and mercy, because when I show grace and mercy, grace and mercy is poured on me. This Bible is so contrary to my own flesh and to my own natural desires. You think a man could write this? Only inspired men by the Holy Spirit can write something like this, because it teaches you how to live outside of yourself. I don't get it. He says, wait in Jerusalem. Wait there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you some power to do what I've called you to do. You got to understand that the disciples that he chose were uneducated men. They were fishermen. Uneducated. But yet he chose them to spread the gospel. 
You know what that tells me? There's space for me too. That whatever skills, whatever gifts, whatever talents I got, God is like, I can use it. Y'all remember that old church song? If you could use anything, Lord, you can use me. Some of y'all didn't grow up in black church and it shows. If you could use anything, Lord, you can use me. They had a whole choir in my old church. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. That's a song. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. That means it doesn't matter what suffixes that you have after your name or what job you hold or who you're related to. God is like, I'll use you if you're willing. If you'll follow my strategy, I can use you. I'm going to close. We're going to turn to Acts 1 really quickly. In Acts 1, it says, In my former book, Theophilus wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit, read it with me. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit. See, that tells me that the Holy Spirit is giving instructions. It is up to us to listen. He is always giving instruction. He is always leading us through the Holy Spirit. Anyone who says that you can receive instruction from God by any other source that's not the Holy Spirit is a false teacher and you should stop listening to them automatically. There are times when people come in my office and they ask me, what should I do? And my question back to them is, what is the Holy Spirit telling you? Well, I don't know what to do. Did you ask the Holy Spirit? No. He's got the best instructions all the time. Now, yes, there is wisdom with those who've been walking with Jesus for a while. There is wisdom with those who are, are walking a, a, a lifestyle consecrated to Christ. You can get wisdom from that. But I always find that the best instruction always comes directly from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it takes faith and it builds intimacy and relationship. Now you begin to learn what his voice sounds like. When people say, Pastor, how do I know it's the voice of God? How do I know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit? Usually it's the voice that's contrary to what you want and what your pleasures are. It's always something that pulls you to live outside of yourself. How do I know the Lord's leading me into this moment? Because it never sounds like you to yourself. You ever have the Holy Spirit talk to you and you're like, oh my gosh, where'd that come from? That ain't me. There are times I watch my sermons back to myself and I'm so impressed. I'm like, that was really good. Who's, I said that? I didn't say that. There are situations that have come up at work and you were, you were so full of the Holy Spirit that day that you responded so right that you were impressed by yourself when you got in your own office. Like, I can't believe I reacted that way. When they, usually in the past, when they said that to me, I would have slashed your tires real quick. Oh, my God, that must be the mercy of the Lord. You know you're full of the Holy Spirit when you're driving around and someone cuts you off and you don't give them the middle finger. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit when the girl or guy you find the most attractive is now giving you attention, but God allowed you to see through them. You're like, mm-mm, 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 You look good on the outside, but your heart is all types of corrupt. It's the Holy Spirit. 
It's the Holy Spirit to see the, to have a promotion that you want so bad. And you're like, Lord, if this is not from you, I don't want it. He says, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the disciples he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them the command, do not leave Jerusalem. You see, I, see this is why this series is called At the Table. Because you can see literally Jesus' ministry was happening always around the table. That's why when someone always invites me to eat, I know they're anointed. When they're like, oh, I cooked for you. Ooh, hallelujah. You're about to get gospel tonight. And someone's like, hey, can I take you out to lunch? Can you? Absolutely. You're going to get this gospel. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Jesus is always at the table. He's always at the table ministering to people. He's always at the table loving people. So much ministry happened around the table. I believe that Jesus' strategy was on his earth. I could be wrong. He's like, Jesus, how are you going to do ministry? I'm going to have them over for dinner. They think they're going to feed me and I'm going to feed them. He got the whole table turned on us. It says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for my gift the Father had promised which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I pray that some of y'all get baptized with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually expecting it and believing it for each and every one of you in this room and online that you're going to have a baptism of the Holy Spirit and you're going to do things outside of your own skill set that you're like, I never knew I could do that because it's not about you. It's all about the Spirit. And I know when I say baptized with the Holy Spirit, some of y'all sitting there and you're like, oh, that's a little hokey. I come from a Baptist background. Like, what do you mean baptized with the Holy Spirit? I mean operating outside of yourself and operating in the power of Jesus to where when you touch someone, there's a healing happening. I mean that you have the gift of encouragement like nobody else could understand. I mean that when you pray for someone, things start happening. I mean even for myself, standing on this stage preaching. Outside of this, if I'm just talking to you regular, I'm not that great of a speaker. But when I get on this platform, the gift that the Spirit gave me rises up. That's why some of y'all, I got some of y'all fooled. The Holy Spirit got some of y'all fooled. Because you'd be like, I didn't know you were such a great speaker. It ain't me. It's just my Holy Spirit at work in me on Sundays. That's all this is. And the moment I try to take this and monetize and give it to someone else, he'll take it away. Can't wait till you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to walk in so much faith and assurance of who you are as a son and daughter. Man. I, told, I, used this, I said this last service. There's a um, Jordan. I don't know if you guys ever met Jordan. Jordan has a, a spiritual gift of encouragement. He will encourage anybody. We were playing basketball one time. We were down 25. He's like, we got this. And I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> Is the Lord's armies going to come play? Because uh, we need it. He's like, we got this. Come on, man. We're you're doing good. You're doing great. I'm like, what an encourager. See, your, your spiritual gift, when you get baptized with the Holy Spirit, your spiritual gift doesn't allow you to see reality as it is, but what it's going to be. We still lost the game, though. <laughs> but the encouragement lasted more than a game. He says, do not leave Jerusalem. 
For John baptized with water, in a few days I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read to you, and I'm going to close on this. I'm going to read to you the strategy. And I want you guys to hear this strategy that Jesus said himself. It's so important that this Bible decided to put it in red font. Do you guys want to know what the strategy is for heaven? All right. Buckle in. It's a wild one. Here's the strategy. When you're filled with, you can only do it if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So don't try and do this if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting in this room today and you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to do this. This is what Jesus said. Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded with you, commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's it. That's it. That's all that, that that's it right there. That's like people want there to be some big revelation. You want it to be some big pump and grant. And he just says, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. He didn't say, teach them my teachings. He didn't say, teach them theology. He didn't say, teach them good living. He said, teach them to obey. That's what it says right there. It says it right here. Teach them to obey. Some of us want to be taught good theology and we want to be taught good church and what a good Christian looks like and we're not being taught to obey. He says, teach them to obey. Everything I've commanded you, just teach them to obey my teachings. Don't teach them just to listen and come on Sundays because sometimes, honestly, church, let's be real. I think sometimes we come to church on Sunday and we get our fix, our spiritual high, our spiritual fix. We get our hit feels good. And then we go throughout the week and we leave the Holy Spirit right where we got our high from. And yet the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 I want to walk with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then when you get together with your family and church, it's just this big moment of celebrating me. But don't come on Sundays with us for a spiritual high. If you're just coming to get your fix to make you feel good, what's the difference between that and addiction? I don't want you to be addicted to church and a Sunday experience. I want you to be walking alignment with the Holy Spirit. Don't be addicted to a church experience. Be addicted to Jesus. Be addicted to his spirit. Be addicted to being in his presence and walking with him and listening to him. He says, teach them to obey. Teach them to obey. Baptize them. Go and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them to obey everything I commanded you. And I'll be with you until the very end. That's the strategy. Listen, 
if if you're just visiting and you go to other churches that are, are bigger than this one, that's okay. If you go to churches that are well-resourced, that's okay. But you have to understand that those resources and a building doesn't mean that they're obedient to the Spirit. It doesn't mean if we're a small church, we're obedient. You see it in the people. You see it in the culture. When people are obedient to the Spirit, they begin to do things that are so countercultural. even to the church culture sometimes. This is why when the scripture says, his thoughts are not my thoughts, and his ways are not my ways. As far as the heavens is above the earth, so are his ways above mine. That tells me his strategy is not my strategy. It's so much better. And that's why we sang the song. We didn't intentionally sing that song, Make Room. I was surprised Mariah knew how to play it on the keyboard, but go you. Shout out to you. I walked into the building. Just Lord, I was humming that song. I'll make room for you. Do whatever you want to. Your ways are better. They have to be so much better. His strategies are so much better. And when you walk with the Spirit, you are living out kingdom strategy. But you have to be obedient. You guys receive that today? Stand with me. Do I have anyone in this room who want to walk and live by kingdom strategy? Yes? Yes? All right. Because we're going to pray together, and I want you to repeat after me. This isn't a long prayer, but if you raised your hand and you said, and you testified, and you said, yep, I want to live by kingdom strategy. I want to walk in the strategy of the Holy Spirit. I want his unique strategy for my life that doesn't look like anybody else's, and it won't be like anybody else's. I want that. Then I want you to pray after me and repeat after me and say that prayer. But don't pray it if you don't want God to, to work out his strategy. Don't pray it. Because then it's just going to frustrate you. Because the Lord's going to lead you to things that you're like, I don't want to. I want to do it that way. And he goes, then I'm not leading it. You got it. Every hand raised all over the room. If you, want, if you believe this for your life and you want this. Jesus, I put down my strategy to walk in the strategy of the Holy Spirit. Give me the wisdom, give me the power, and give me a sound mind to do all that you've called me to do. Your ways are better. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.